Welcome to Two Girls in a Grape, where we attempt to learn about wine one bobble at a time. I'm Drea, and my goal in life is for all the neighborhood children to think that I'm the local witch on the block. And I'm Jules, and Halloween is my absolute fucking jam, and it's one of my favorite nights of the year. So let's get spooky. And in case you can't tell, it's our Halloween episode! But before we get into all the spooky fun, let's kick it off with our reoccurring segment, Cheers and Jeers, uh, where I feel like we're going to have some truly terrifying things afoot. So, Jules, what are you cheersing and jeers into this episode? This episode, I'm cheersing to Home Goods, the Love store. It. Love it. It has been saving my ass as I try to finish up the cabin with furnishings and like doing the things. And my original intention was to really thrift a lot of stuff for the cabin, but I feel like thrifting has gotten really popular, and so therefore (laughs) it's gotten really difficult to find these hipster bitches the things that I want. (laughs) Um, So Home Goods has been my go-to and my best friend during these trying times. I do love a Home Goods. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, I really need to try and gird my loins. For their, like, whole holiday section. Because I went in there for a hot second. Oh, I can't deal with it right now. I'm like, I'm not ready for that. I'm, but, like, as soon as Halloween's over, it is fucking on. on. <laughs> <laughs> and what are you jeersing to? Uh, the scariest thing of all. The Whoa. DMV. I mean, does anyone like going to the DMV? No. I think I did say recently that I don't mind going to the DMV because I love to people watch. But the actual process of doing anything with the DMV. It's stupid. It's so antiquated. It's so bureaucratic. It's so fucking inefficient. It's just the pits. So anyway. Fuck you, DMV. <laughs> Drea, bring us back up. What are you cheersing to? I am cheersing to my forever beloved Barcelona. Uh, it's so it was so good to be back in my favorite city in the world, my soul city. Um, I came home mostly for my dog. That like only for my dog. That's the only reason I came back. Disclaimer: She was traveling with her husband, so they were together. I I mean I guess yeah. There was a hot second was I when I was like, well, I guess this is your life now, and I'm gonna leave you here at the airport. But you know, we made <laughs> we made it through. Uh, it was just so great to be back. I feel refreshed. I feel rejuvenated. I feel centered. It was fantastic. And she's about to go back. So she's just getting over. <laughs> she's just getting used to like the time, you know, the Not new time all. zone. Not but like all. she's she's going back. I am. For, for a little bit of work, a little bit of fun. But yeah, I'll be going back. And so what are you jeersing to this week? Oh my God. Oh boy. Jet lag. Yeah. Americans. Yeah. General lack of hamon. Although I yes. will say... I don't know what the fuck is up with customs, as in we no longer have customs to go through in Estados Unidos. When you get back from an international flight, there was like nothing. Guy barely looked at my passport. No one asked me what the fuck was in all my bags. No one made me fill out a survey about if I had seen like farm animals on this trip. Like fucking nothing. I mean, I swear to you, I could have walked... Out you could have air- brought back a pata de jamón. Oh, I could have walked out with a full-on pelota of jamón in one hand, a machete in the other, 
cocaine and wine strapped to my chest. No one would have blinked an eye. Not a one. She did, however, come back with a lot of wine, more than she was supposed to. I mean, it wasn't that much. So that was was a good thing that there was nobody checking your bag. It was nowhere near my record. Because it wouldn't have been pretty. Is 13 bottles. You're all welcome. (laughs) How many did you bring back this time? Eight and a half. Oh, how is it eight and a half? Eight and a half. Did you drink it like while you were waiting for your fucking bags? How do you say no. eight and a half with a straight face? Oh, Jesus no. Christ. The last What is the, going on the here? The last hotel I was staying at gave me a little mini bottle for my birthday, like a half bottle. Oh, um, okay. And I we didn't drink it because we were alcoholics everywhere else. So uh, I brought it back um, and we drank it when we were back home. But yeah, so eight and a half and, and as promised. I did stop at duty free right before I got on that plane. So eight and a half balls of wine and two balls of liquor. Oh boy, the duty free is a pretty good deal. Yeah, I mean, I'm I regret nothing, and I am not sorry, and I will obviously do it again in about two weeks. Because your ass didn't end up in jail. Well, so know. you'd be regretting some shit if you ended up in some San Diego fucking immigration jail or They're whatever. They're not going to put me in immigration jail for smuggling wine. Uh, but you look and are Mexican, so they might do that. I fly assholes. in and out of LAX. Oh, that's why there was nothing. They're just like, fuck it, just come on <laughs> just, in. Just go. Just San go. Diego is shady as hell. <laughs> So anyway, there you have it. Your cheers and jeers for this spooky episode of Two Girls and a Grape. In honor of this Halloween episode, our Shawinigans are going to be a choice or a pairing of wines with some of our favorite scary Halloween movies. So, Drea. Yes. The movie, Halloween. What are you pairing with that? Hmm. My, okay, so Michael Myers, classic. Classic. But fucking scary as shit. He never dies. You never. literally, listen. Have you If you're ever one? in that situation... You cut their fucking head off and you make sure they are goddamn dead. You burn the body. Like Dracula. You cut the head off and you burn the body. <laughs> have you seen the latest one? I have not. I have I've not heard either. it's not good. Well, I mean, I think they stopped I've being, heard bad things. I think they stopped being good like 20 years ago. Personally. No, but I've heard this was really bad. Uh, I like or Jamie Lee though. Curtis. I mean, yeah. And they're Halloween movies, so. Right. But, so it's gotta be something classic. Something that has longevity because of all the sequels. Right. So when you give me age. Okay. I'm going to pick a Tempranillo. Okay, fair. I feel like that's, you know, Also, there's no right or wrong. There's there's no yes, no answers on this. It's just whatever you want. But I'm right. You're right. <laughs> all right, everyone. All right. Anyway, this has been a fun episode. Bye. <laughs> give me my candy. I'm right. Okay. Jules, your movie the craft. Uh, okay, the craft, which I actually just recently saw for the first time. I don't know how I fucking missed this. <laughs> I feel like pretty much all Halloween movies have to have a red wine, so I'm gonna go with a Nebbiolo on this one because it is. I feel like it holds up well to kind of the absurdity of that movie. Yeah, it, it is. It's it's unexpected. 
Like, it's the weirdo. A little bit unexpected. Yeah, yeah, like, it's not unexpected. a traditional wine. Just like that movie is definitely not a traditional movie. Okay, Drea, this is one of my favorite movies, by the by. Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, me too. It's an all-purpose And also, all is it a Halloween or is it a Christmas movie? It doesn't matter. I don't care. It I'll watch everything. it for any time. It can be everything. Mm-hmm. I love this movie. I'm a huge Disney person, as you know. Um... So agreed that we need to have a red wine. Yes. But this movie is just so much fun. And so it needs it to be really fun. fun. So I'm going to take a nod from our recent uh, wine club arc and do a Lambrusco. Oh, you know, yeah. A, a sparkling red. Yeah. Unexpected. Yeah. A little bubbly. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. Not too serious. Doesn't easy. take itself too seriously. Easy drinker. There you go. Not super expensive. Mm-mm. Yeah. It's a good time. That's That's awesome. I like that. Okay, so next up, now this movie truly scares the it's, shit out of me. It's fucking terrifying. Terrifying. The ring. The hair. Ugh. I oh, mean. The well. I do that sometimes to Rob when we're like in a swimming pool or the ocean. I'll put my hair, <laughs> I'll put my hair in front of my face and like come up out of the water and go, and do the thing. He loves that. He doesn't really. He thinks it's disturbing, but that's why I do it. I have to go with a Zinfandel for this one. Like, yeah. dark, inky, full-bodied. Like, I want to hold on to the glass with both hands while watching this movie. I feel like a Zen, you could do a double feature with The Ring and Poltergeist. Oh, yeah. for sure. Exorcist. Ooh. I mean, you get through all these, oh, oh, so the many Exorc- good, scary movies. Okay, this episode's done. We're now watching we're done. films. Bye. We're, bye. <laughs> we're, off to, we're off to put our PJs on and drink wine and watch movies. Uh, next up, Dracula. Ugh. So I love the whole like Universal Monsters arc and horror films from the 30s, 40s, and 50s, like Dracula, The Mummy, Frankenstein, all that shit. I am into hardcore. And it's such a classic. I feel like it needs a classic wine. Cabernet Sauvignon. Also, oh. Dracula was a fancy motherfucker. He was fancy. You know, he, was, he was wealthy. He had a fucking he was cape. Good looking. Yeah. He had a cape. He had a castle. Yes, so, he needs something fancy. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I can see it. For sure. Oh, I love that. Okay. And for our finale, and in honor of the wine we are featuring this episode, the Disney classic, Hocus Pocus. Hocus Pocus. We have to go with champagne. Obviously. Because it's fun, and it's just delightful. Champagne and a and lucky rat's tail. Yes. So just champagne all the muck, way. a muck, a muck, The only... <laughs> The only, I think, Halloween or, you know, this time of the year type of movie that does not require a red wine is this one, Hocus Pocus. So you could even do a rosé champagne. Ooh. Would be delightful, too. I like that. Yeah. All right. Well, there There you you have it. Your Schweinigans for this very special spooky episode. In honor of spooky season, we had to find a extra festive wine. And the wine we are featuring this episode is the Hocus Pocus Syrah from Black, <laughs> from Black Sheep Finds 2021 Vintage at Lompoc, California. So price point, we've got we've got some variation. Well, we've got some discrepancies in the price point for this. So on the website of Black Sheep Finds, this wine is listed as $28 winery direct. Mm-hmm. So you can order it directly from them. Uh, plus $30 shipping. Plus no, whatever. No, I don't know. Yeah, plus, <laughs> but, plus yeah. whatever. Um, 
Or you can go to your local bougie-ass wine shop. <laughs> like we did. And you're going to pay a little closer to $60. So, you yeah. know, we, we kind of um, uh, extended the budget for this bottle in honor of Halloween. But it is celebratory, so wine. You know, treat yourself. Trick or treat yourself. But also, we did learn something, though, about we did? buying buying wine and doing a little bit of research up front as to like what the wine cost is we just sort of like assumed that was the cost that that was the cost and then when drea was doing her research her research for the episode she's like uh yeah we paid a lot more for this wine than we really should have so just note to ourselves and to yourselves is to just you know do a little bit of research ahead of time and kind of do understand like what you're what you're paying for. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, the ABV on this wine is 14%. So it's a little bit higher on the alcohol content, but that's to be expected out of a Syrah. And we picked it because it's fucking festive. Heck yeah. Happy Halloween. It's Hocus Pocus Syrah. And the label is awesome. You'll see it on the Instagram. Uh, so let's get into it. So, Drea, tell us about this wine and specifically about the varietal that we're drinking, Syrah. So we are drinking a Syrah. Uh, and we featured a, a Syrah on our 16600 episode that we did a while back. But just a quick refresher here um, and some new stuff. So the word Syrah is thought to come from the word Syracuse, which is an ancient city in Sicily and was a center of power during the time of the ancient Greeks in about 400 BCE. So see, Greeks, Roman, adjacent, you're welcome. Um, History. <laughs> and during our 1600 episode, uh, Jules talked a lot about a wine with a view, or vines with a view. And wine growers often say that Syrah likes a view because the best vineyards are usually towards the top of hills on a slope where there is less soil. And what this does is it makes the vines produce less um, grape clusters, but more concentrated actual grapes. So you're getting, you know, a lower quantity, but higher quality grapes with that slope um, in the terrain. And so definitely check out our 16600 episode for a little bit more information on the whole vines with a view thing. But a and plus we that's like one of our favorites too. Yeah. Those guys are rad. The bomb. Shout out to Sam and Phil. I'm, I'm waiting and the for team. some more canned wines too, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> uh so a couple things about Syrah today I thought because in that episode, we focused so much on growing and viticulture that today we would really focus on the tasting a little bit more. Um, and Syrah is known for some key flavor profiles, including blackberry, blueberry, so kind of your dark, what we call black fruits, mm -hmm. right? Uh, but then it's got some more herbaceous stuff. So think olive, pepper, clove, rosemary, allspice. Um, and Syrah is interesting because it's often referred to as like a meaty wine in some ways. And so um, sometimes when you're tasting a Syrah, you get hints of like cured salty meats of bacon. And then, of course, you have those secondary flavors 
which are things like chocolate, tobacco, smoke, vanilla that excuse me, that come from the aging process and the barrel aging process. So um, when we think of a Syrah, we think of a wine that has really deep, really present, prevalent flavors uh, in it. In addition, most Syrahs, as I just mentioned, are oak aged. So this tends to give them medium tannins and medium acidity. So with a Syrah, you're really looking for a solid balance in the wine. Um, you know, that where it's not overwhelming in terms of acid, it's not overwhelming in terms of dryness or embody, but really it's just like a nice meld of all those flavor profiles we just talked about. And if you're not sure what some of those terms mean, look out for a an upcoming episode where we break down some of our Wine 101 terms and information. Foreshadowing. Uh, these properties, though, make Syrah a really excellent candidate for cellar aging. So most wine experts suggest aging Syrah bottles for between five and nine years. And actually, like if you go to a well-known Syrah producer, what you'll find is that their latest release, their latest vintage release will, like in their retail shop or their cellar, will be about five years old. So right now, for example, the 2017 bottles are coming out um, because we're in 2022. And so you typically will see that release a little bit, but complex Syrahs can really be aged for anywhere from 12 to 25 years. You can lay them down for quite some time. Um, finally, when we think about Syrah, we also think about it's kind of global production. So Syrah is a very popular grape. Um, there are over 460,000 acres planted under vine worldwide. Wow. Yeah, so it's huge. And France, Australia, and Spain are the global leaders in Syrah production. So that's a little bit to get us started. And Jules, I think you have some fun facts for us about this grape. I do. Fun facts with Jules about Syrah. So Syrah makes some of the darkest red wine in the world. Very appropriate for spooky season. Very appropriate. And also something that we will be thinking about when we open this bottle, pour it and taste it, and obviously look for, you know, some of the colors. Uh, Syrah also has extremely tough skin, which prompts winemakers to soak the grapes in cold water for days or even weeks to kind of soften them up a little bit. Uh, the Syrahs from Italy and France tend to have more acidity and earthy herbaceous aromas, while Syrah wines from Australia, the U.S., and South America usually have more fruit-driven characteristics with lots of spice. So I'm almost wondering if climate has a little bit to do with that, too, just, you know, where those vines are, are um, planted. So anyway... Um, some regional names for Syrah include Shiraz, Syrah, Marsan Noir, Hermitage, Cornus, Cote Roti, and St. Joseph. So typically Syrah is spelled S-Y-R-A-H, but I've also seen it spelled S-I-R-A-H. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So another one to add to the list. Yeah. 
Uh, Syrah can break the bank. It can be one of the more <laughs> expensive. <don't> <laughs> it can be. It, it's up there with like a cab where you can, you know, you can spend a good buck on a good Syrah. A good value Syrah exists for around the fifty dollar mark. So we're we're in there. We're we're, <laughs> we're apparently coming right on in there. Yeah. What we spent is about that. Um, and great iterations of this wine can actually range into the hundreds of dollars. So just like any other wine. Yeah. Depending on any other how aged it's aged, wine, yeah. you know, where it's from, how it's produced is going to determine how much it costs. And then more specifically for this wine that we're drinking today, uh, the Black Sheep Finds Wine Project started in 2005, um, making the 2021 wine that we're drinking today the 16th vintage of the hocus pocus syrah and extra fun fact there was no 2020 hocus pocus yeah so we skipped a year 2020 sucked, sucked. <laughs> literally 2020 did not exist so we've yeah, all erased yeah. it from our memories so there you go some fun facts about syrah syrah very nice so drea tell us a little bit more about the area that this specific wine is being harvested from. So this wine comes from Lompoc and Santa Rita Hills. And Santa Rita Hills is an AVA or American Viticultural Area that is certified. Um, and it's located in Santa Barbara County in the central coast of California. The AVA was initially established in 2001. So far fairly new in terms of, of winemaking. Um, Santa Rita Hills is also part of the larger Santa Inez Valley AVA, which a lot of you are probably familiar with, especially if you are a movie buff, because this is the area that was featured in the film Sideways and also that we featured on our Sideways episode in season one. Uh, the region's climate is great because it gets that perfect combination of coastal fog and breezes from the Pacific and the hills run east to west which allows for that ocean air to create what's called a mesoclimate, um, which is a specific type of climate that's influenced by elevation, aspect, slope, and distances from large bodies of water, like the Pacific, the Pacific Ocean. Ocean. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> Dun, ta -da. But all of that science makes for excellent growing conditions, especially for a grape like Syrah. Um, this area is also naturally very rocky, and so it's well suited for growing Pinot Noir grapes uh, because of that cool climate and rocky soil that they tend to do well in. But the real stars of the region are Chardonnay and Syrah. And of course, the Syrah is what we're featuring today. Uh, and in fact, Syrah is the third most produced grape in this area with just under 2,000 acres under vine. So that's, that's a lot for a small AVA. Um, Hocus Pocus Syrah, so this one in particular, is a blend of cooler climate vineyards uh, and the winery that the winery works with each year. So they're making the great they're making the wine, but they're purchasing their grapes from a couple of the heavy hitter producers in the area, uh, including John Sebastino. Prisquil. Prisquil. I've been there. It's Ooh, a great and beautiful, beautiful tasting. Does it have a grounds. view? I mean the view is over sort of like the vineyards. It's not a view of the Pacific Ocean, but it's one of the newer um, tasting rooms up there. And oh, it's just nice. beautifully done. 
just, yes, very much worth visiting. Wines are fine, but it's more about the location. The ambiance. Yes, yeah. exactly. Uh, and the joy, fantastic. Uh, so this wine is, you know, made using grapes from those area from those vineyards, and then is aged for eight months in neutral French French oak barrels, which I think is key too. So when you have a neutral barrel, that means it's gone through like its fourth or fifth use. So all that oakiness is not going to get into the wine. They're really just using it to age, store it. Yeah, to age the wine yep. during that process. But it's not going to take on any of those secondary oak aromas. And so what you're getting is an aged wine that is going to be very fruit forward. And so now that we know a little bit about the wine and kind of, you know, where it's grown, what about the people that are making the wine and the winery, like the people behind it and the winery behind it, what else they're making? So this is actually pretty cool because the winery is all that you see on the label, really tiny on the back is black sheep vines. And I was like, I drink a lot of wines from this region. I was mm -hmm. like, huh. I don't Never know heard them. Of them. That's yeah. so weird. But they are part of the Joy Fantastic, which I was also like, huh, who's that? Who the fuck is that? I was the same way. There's a band called the Joy Fantastic. I was like, is this the I band? I didn't even know that. <laughs> okay. But um, once I started doing the research, I found out that the Joy Fantastic also produces one of my favorite wines from that area, which is Holus Bolus. Um, who does have an amazing, I mean, their wines are great. They have a beautiful Syrah. I live for their Roussan. Um, they're a great, they have this like super cool octopus on the label. Yes, they're just it's a really, really fun. if you are shopping by the label, that would be one that you would get. Absolutely. And their tasting room is super cute. It's in Los Olivos, appointment only. But when I realized that they were connected, I was like, well, fuck me. Look at that. <laughs> so, of course. <laughs> the more you know. Um, and the owners and the winemakers are Amy Christine and Peter Hunkin. And Amy has worked in uh, the wine industry in lots of different capacities. So she passed her Master of Wine exams in 2013, and she continues to work in the industry as a professional outside of winemaking. So she teaches uh, courses for WSET, a fine vintage in Los Angeles, um, which is a major educational hub for wine education. And she also works as a representative for Kermit Lynch Wine Merchant. Um, and Kermit Lynch is a huge distributor yeah. that really focuses on small production wines uh, from Europe primarily. So she knows all parts of the business. Um, I found out something else about her that I'm Fun fact. Like, yeah. It's like I, a fun fact. I'm like, I want her to be our best friend. So in her spare time, she produces videos for her YouTube channel called Pairing with Prince. And we'll have to see if we can find a video to put up on our oh, Instagram yeah. where she pairs wine with every song that Prince ever made. Wow. And I'm just like, that's one, some dedication. That's quite two, the undertaking. Yes. I bet that's fucking hilarious. Yes. <laughs> so I'm We got to get on that. Yep. Uh, Peter, uh, began his career at Stoltman Vineyards. Um, Love which, Stoltman. Yep, which is also very popular up there, where he served as an assistant winemaker for eight years, and he made the transition to focus on Holus Bolus full-time in 2008. In his spare time, he does not have a YouTube channel, but he likes to play ice hockey, 
Oh, Rob would love him. And really enjoys watching reality TV. <gasps> and what? I know, he could be like... Peter! <laughs> Where, oh, well, get this. His favorite, apparently, no. allegedly, no. is Bachelor in Paradise. Oh, no! <laughs> Bachelor in Paradise! <laughs> Jesus Christ. You know, I've stayed, um, I've done yoga retreats at the property next door to the property where they film Bachelor in Paradise. Oh, God. So I've had drinks in those pools, at that Ooh. beach bar, been Ooh. on the beach. Who knows what's in those pools? Yeah. Although mm. I bet Peter wouldn't would have... touch that shit with the ten foot pole. Now Peter would be very into this. <laughs> so um, yeah, that's our winemaking duo, and their philosophy is they work with all local grapes. They believe in focusing on small production of wines and really um, investing in the quality. And they really value what the land yields. And so they want to use like this where they're located in that AVA to its full potential. Which, which is not surprising for that area. Yeah. And I it's feel like... It's very common, I think, up there for that to be the kind of, you know, attitude. Right. Attitude. Speaking, speaking of, of attitude, attitude. <laughs> Zoya's having a little attitude problem right now. Well, I think that we should get to the getting. Which is really the whole purpose of the podcast is to drink the actual wine. Yeah. Let's say, Drea. Let's go trick or treating. Okay. Yay. Now that we know a lot more about where this wine is from and how it's produced, let's do the damn thing yeah. and let's try the wine so Dre and i have already poured ourselves a glass we actually opened up the bottle a little while ago just to let it breathe a little bit which honestly i don't think was really necessary because it is a 2021 wine it wasn't an old vintage i think if it had been something a few years older it, that would have been a little bit more necessary but i think for this one Reader, you could definitely just open it and pour it and be fine. Yeah, I, I agree. We were erring on the side of caution. Yeah. But if you do get an And aged... also because we were like, let's have a drink. Yeah. <laughs> I, if you do get an aged Syrah, though, I would say, like, if it's five to nine, definitely open it up early. Yes. And then I would say if it's anything over that, decant it. That's that's a... a um, point of debate in the wine world, the decanting. Of wine. What's the so. fucking debate? Anyway, maybe we should do an episode on decanting. To decant or not to decant? Yeah. So Some people say that it's absolute bullshit, that you absolutely don't need to decant a wine, and other people say you absolutely should. So. It's literal fucking science. Well, I'm tell I'm just telling you. Okay, well, from, now... I've heard from the... Now we digress. Anyway, no, let's get back to it. now. Coming in let's, hot. <laughs> let's come back to the tasting. So, future episode... We'll be talking about decanting because I think we need to, we'll, we'll do a little bit more research on that and think about it. But anyway, okay, let's talk about, (laughs) you know what? Science. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Have we learned nothing over the last couple of years that people don't give a fuck about science? Listen, Frankenstein. (laughs) Okay. Just saying. I'll be in my laboratory. (laughs) Side note, did you know that Frank, the the novel Frankenstein's original title had something to do with Prometheus? No, but that wouldn't surprise me. It was on our quiz, our pub quiz trivia this week. They they were like, what 
novel published in 18, I think it was like 1812, had this original title of something of Prometheus, and it then got updated. No one knew the answer, and it's Frankenstein. Oh, fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I should go to pub trivia more. You should come with us. It's very fun. Done. I'm into it. There's drinks, right? Um, yeah, it's that uh, distillery down in the barrio that makes its um, booze out of beer. Done. I'm in. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about the color. All right. So taking a look here in the glass. And this is a very Halloween-y red wine. Um, it's, you know, earlier we talked about some of the fruit notes that you can expect in terms of aroma. And this red does have like that blue cast that mm-hmm. you would get with black fruits like blackberries, blueberries. Um, it does have like that slightly more violet, I think, coloring to it. I find it to be, honestly, I, I don't find it, I don't find it to be as dark as I would have expected for Syrah. I think that's probably because of the aging. Yeah, I mean, Syrahs to me are really inky and dark. And this one has, you know, a little bit more of that. Um, it's a little bit translucent in the sense that I can see my hand when I actually look down to the bottom of the glass, I can see my hand holding the stem. Yeah. Which I would normally say I wouldn't be able to do that with a Syrah, but, but I mean, overall, the color looks, it's still very inky and very bloody. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Listener, we don't want to describe wine as bloody, but because this is a Halloween episode. But it's I a bloody there. good wine. Oh, sorry. It is a that, bloody good wine. That was the pirate episode. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> okay. On the nose. Ooh. All right. What are you getting? I definitely get like the spicy, <laughs> spicy herbaceousness. Yeah. Not so much the blackberry blueberry like the dark berry that we talked about earlier i'm getting much more of like that earth the earthiness yeah the spiciness which is interesting too because this kind of contradicts some of the the info we shared about syrah with kind of you know new world syrahs mm-hmm. being more fruit forward yeah. right um but yeah certainly on the nose Allspice, clove, cinnamon, definitely like those baking spices. I do get that pepper too that Syrah's. Yeah. I mean, really I'm definitely getting medical. more of the, the tobacco, the herbs, yeah. like that that side of things. I'm not getting so much the allspice, like cinnamony or like clove. I'm getting much more the savory, very savory spices. And I'm not mad about it. No, no, it's it smells delicious. So why don't we Take it to the next level. <laughs> let's taste this bad boy. Let's go steady with it. Oh, yeah, let's do it. Pepper, pepper, pepper. Chester copper pepper pot. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is very. Um, you get that blast of pepper and spice. Mm-hmm. I think on the initial sip, but. I'm actually really surprised at the fruit that comes through on the finish. So that's where I get, mm. like, the, the blackberry, blackberry, the black plums, 
even like a little bit of pomegranate. Hmm. So it really, like it hits you, it's like a punch in your face, and then it's a nice, long, fruity finish. I feel like I'm so distracted by the pepperiness of it that I'm not getting that. Drink slower. (laughs) Taste the wine, Jules, you dumbass. But I think that that's also, you do have a much more refined palate than I do. And so that is, that well, I think so. You tend to kind of pull out more distinguished features of the wine than I do. So it's not surprising to me that you are getting that. And I'm just sort of like my palate is really focused on the pepperiness of it. But in a great way, like it's, it yeah. tastes very good. This, okay, so moving on to our pairings. This would go really well with a dinner I actually had last night. Ooh, what'd you have last night? Bavette steak. Fancy. In a, cause it, and it was cooked in a sous vide and then thrown on the grill. Oh, jam. And then a mushroom compound butter was thrown on top of it after it was grilled when it was like resting. Mashed potatoes. Grilled asparagus with some herbs de Provence. Fucking fancy. Yeah, it was a delicious meal. And because one of the people in our group last night was also a vegetarian, there was a cedar plank salmon that was made with a sun-dried tomato, like, pesto. Oh, nice. And I had a little bit of that on the side, too. And I think that this would have actually gone really well with that meal. Yeah, this is very much like a steak and chop house style Mm -hmm. red wine. Like, it's so... Classic. I mean, I think a steak would be an amazing pairing with this. I think like uh, that that dinner I made for us when we last recorded the with pork, your dad. Yeah, the yep. pork loin with yep. the roasted root vegetable. Mm-hmm. So I did a um, tandoori rub pork loin mm-hmm. and then did uh, root vegetables like that. Uh, if I did steak, I would do like a chimichurri butter with mm-hmm. this yeah. to pick up on that spiciness. I'm telling you that mushroom compound butter. I feel like you need to go hard. Yeah. Like you want to stick to your ribs meal for sure. Um, And to that point, I do think that this is a wine that is best served with food. Oh, yeah. So we definitely, Dre and I talked about this before, and I said, we're going to have to have a little snack. Jules is so, she takes such good care of us. She's always like, we need to have some food around. And I'm like, fucking do we? We'll just slam it in the well, hammock. But I also think about like to do the wine justice. That's true. No, we you're want right. to be mindful of that. So we did have a little charcuterie plate with some um, Spanish cured meats and some crackers and, and whatnot as we were, you know, preparing to drink this wine just to, you know, have something to go with it. So also I just took another note, another sip and and took another note. And another note. And to me, now the fruit's even more more prevalent. So, like, just saying in the glass, I feel like it's opened up quite a bit. And it's softened a mm-hmm. little bit. Um, that spiciness has softened. So, I would know, concur with that, actually. Yeah. I think this is one of those wines that can kind of evolve over an mm-hmm. evening, which I love. Like, I think that that's such a, uh, a great thing when, you know, as a wine sort of opens up or warms up. The flavor notes change just subtly, but enough that you notice it and can enjoy that kind of ride. But also you say like opens up over the evening. How long are you really going to sit with a glass? 
I can make them stretch. I mean, I also, since I got back from Spain, have been known to fall asleep half a glass into okay. things Fair. on the sofa. And then you Fair. wake up and you're like, oh, shit, oh, look, that's I good. have this look glass. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a surprise. Okay, so let's talk about... Oh, so we talked about food. Situation entertainment. I feel like I already, I, as usual, Jules like goes all in. My situation was dinner with friends. Right? We, we had but like six people. Dinner. Yeah, it was a friend's 40th birthday. And so it was a really special occasion. And we had a really great meal. And it, the table was beautifully set. The atmosphere was beautiful as well. So for me, that's the situation. Entertainment-wise, I'd want to put on some records. While eating nice. that dinner. We had just regular like Spotify playlists, but I think of like some good like Frank Sinatra, Nina Simone. Nice. Yeah. You know, just some of the classic crooners would have been really good as a backdrop to this. I like that. I like that. I like the jam that you're working with here. Also give me a good fire at the cabin. I'll take that. Also that. <laughs> Do I have to pick one? <laughs> How about you, Drea? So in sticking with our spooky theme for this episode, um, I do like I do think this is a kind of social dinner with friends situation as well, but mine looks a little different. So one of the things during this time of year that I love to do is make homemade pizza. Mm-hmm. I actually think this wine would go amazingly with some homemade pizza. Like, I like to do a um, caramelized Brussels sprout, shallot, and pancetta one. That sounds one. terrible. Don't I, want it. Don't ever bring that to me. <laughs> I'm kidding. Bring me all of it. I like to do... Minus uh, the cheese. Chor- <laughs> chorizo and roasted pepper one. Um, you know, just something... Like warm and hearty, but mm-hmm. easy and fun. Yeah. Uh, I think that this would lend itself really well to I love that. how Drea says that making a homemade pizza of caramelized Brussels sprouts and pancetta is like easy. <laughs> you do realize that for a lot of, like, that is not easy. Well, I mean, you. That's can... not just a throw it together and put it on the oven. But pizza's easy. DiGiorno is fucking easy. Okay, order a fucking pizza. <laughs> order a fucking pizza. Yes. You are going... But with some, with some fancier toppings than pepperoni. You are going to... Yeah, maybe splurge for the fucking Canadian bacon. You're going to put some goddamn... <laughs> but no pineapple. Classic... Not for this wine. Horror movie... No, absolutely not. Classic horror movies on. I'm thinking yes. like the original Little Shop of Horrors. I'm thinking oh, the Phantom of the Opera with Yeah, that would be fun. Um, and we're carving pumpkins. Yes. Always. We're actually not carving pumpkins. Well, we're carving pumpkins, but using the hand blender. Have you seen that that whole Wait, what the hack? F- what? No. So part of the joy of carving a pumpkin is getting all the insides is out. Is struggling. Well, so <laughs> I was raised Catholic. Like the struggle this, is part the of it. The TikTok hack this year oh, is you take God. a hand blender. So the two beaters, a hand beater. Yeah. Right. You put the two beaters in the hand. Dude, you were gonna right? beat a hole right through that pumpkin. Nope. It's been proven, and they've done Have it. Have you done pump- it? Of course, we had already carved our pumpkins when I started seeing that, so I'm I'm tempted tomorrow to go out and buy a, a pumpkin. pumpkin and try this trend out. Okay, if you do this, you need to call me. I will be over here with a bottle of wine yes. in five seconds. Okay, I maybe see we'll this- do that tomorrow. I want to see this fucking happen in the flesh. In action. <laughs> 
So there you have it. Stay tuned, listener, for how Those. did Jules do with her hand beaters? Oh, there's gonna on be a, a pumpkin. A- <laughs> hand beaters. Hand beaters. That sounds really gnarly. But anyway, there's, there. Oh, there's, there's gonna be a video of the hand beating. <laughs> the hand beating. <laughs> um. So we already talked about where you can potentially purchase this wine yep. is from the directly from the winery. Um, is there anywhere else then that they can buy this wine? Uh, so, I mean, we found ours at a small wine shop, right? <laughs> as you heard. As you heard. So we, uh, we paid a little bit more, but that's okay because we're supporting a local business. Supporting local businesses. And we love them. Local farmers, local winemakers, all of that, all in one, one-stop shop. Um, but who's <laughs> supporting me? Okay, <laughs> who's supporting me? This is my question. We are each other's sugar mamas. Oh my god! John Silver Fox and Hot Rob. (laughs) Dun dun dun. John's like, wait, what am I supporting? I'm not trying to sign up for this emotional support. (laughs) So uh, definitely check out your local wine shops. I think your higher end wine shops will probably have this one. And check out their the the um, Bolus or. the Joy Fantastic. The Joy Fantastic yeah. uh, website because they do list like where you could potentially yes, buy the wines. They do as well. Yeah. So check that yeah. out. And for our next episode, we have had a listener request. Yep. We are going back to basics to Wine 101 in preparation of the holiday season. We are giving you all the knowledge that you need to confidently select, taste, talk about and serve wine so um it's going to be our little holiday season primer so stay tuned for that and if you have specific things you would like to learn about or spooky pairings that we should put on our list you can reach out to us on instagram we're at two girls in a great pod that's t-w-o girls in a great pod and or slide into our email at two girls in a great pod at gmail.com so until next time Salud. Cheers, bitches and witches.